Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. This week on the Chicago Bears Review. After a disappointing home loss to Green Bay, the Bears head back out on the road. Looking to get back to their winning ways, they visit the Queen City of Charlotte to face the Carolina Panthers. Will the Bears rebound like they've done once before, or will the slide just continue? All of this and so much more on the Week 5 preview episode of the Chicago Bears Review. You know, after a game like the one the Bears had on Sunday against Green Bay, this is a perfect example of how coaches tell tell their players, you have to have amnesia out there. If you have a bad play, you have a bad moment, you forget about it and you move on to the next one. The Bears need to have amnesia about that game against Green Bay and move along to the next one against Carolina. What's going on, everybody? Larry D. back, the Week 5 preview episode of the Chicago Bears Review. And, um, you know, we've we've uh, been 0 for 2 at home so far, which which really sucks. But we're a perfect 2-0 and on the road in some pretty tough places. Uh, San Francisco, I think, only lost one game at home last year. The Jets, even though they were an 8-8 eight and eight football team last year, they were 6-2 and two at home, and we beat both of those teams on their home stadiums on national television, no less. And if you guys remember back to you know Foreverland, uh, the Bears have never really had that good of a reputation as far as how they perform when the, when the bright lights of national TV uh, are on. So uh, it's an impressive feat. We head back out on the road now. We head to Carolina this week. Then next week, we're on the road again to Atlanta. We come home for Miami, and then we're back out on the road for two more as we face the the Patriots in Foxborough. We get a week off, then we go back to Green Bay before we get into the meat of our home schedule. So only three home games in the first eight. Um, that's uh, pretty tough, but uh, if the Bears play the way they did against San Francisco and New York, we can get the better of it. Uh, as we move forward so big game on sunday it's what we call a get back game you want to get back to the progress you were making get back to the way that you were before uh they fell flat on their faces against the packers uh on sunday carolina in a very similar situation uh they're on a two-game losing streak right now after uh starting the season uh two and oh uh they won the opener against division rival tampa bay uh, it was a, a closer game than most people thought it was going to be. They only won the game 20-14 to 14 and then followed that up with a home victory over the um, Detroit Lions uh, in which they uh, the defense really shut the Lions down. Uh, the Lions, you know, were, were turning the football over. Stafford threw a couple of picks, and uh, they won that game 24-7, to seven, pretty dominating fashion. Then two weeks ago on Sunday Night Football, a week after the Bears beat San Francisco uh, on national TV, 
the Panthers head out to Pittsburgh to take on the Steelers and got squashed. Uh, gave up 260 yards rushing uh, to the Steelers in that one. And then uh, last week, uh, Carolina went to Baltimore. It was the Steve Smith revenge game. And the uh, the Panthers, I mean, the Bears and the Panthers both lost by big margins. As a matter of fact, ironically, they both gave up 38 points last week. Uh, the Bears were able to manage a little bit more offense. They scored 17 compared to Carolina's 10. But both are coming off of, uh, you know, games where they're pretty much reeling right now. Uh, Carolina on the two-game losing streak, and the Bears taking a big step back after taking two huge step forwards, steps forward, I should say, winning those big games on uh, on national TV. So lots to talk about in our news segment, and as always, our preview segment as well with lots to cover there. So let's go ahead and dive right in with the news and notes for this week's episode. <laughs> Okay, so um, we'll kick things off with injury news and um, the, the the big headline coming out of practice on Wednesday was a accidental knee injury for our starting left tackle. Jermon Bushrod uh, got injured. Uh, no one's really saying what the extent of the injury is. The you know the the phrasing that everyone's using is they're hopeful he can play on Sunday. So. I'm guessing that it, it can't be too serious if they think that uh, he can play on Sunday only about four days removed uh, from suffering a knee injury in practice. So, uh, uh, you know, maybe maybe it was just a little bit of a hyperextension or he got folded over in, in you know, in, in, in the scrum in practice or something like that. But, um, you know, hopeful he can play on Sunday is the terminology that's been that I've been reading over and over in the articles that have talked about uh, the injury, but been very sheepish or, you know, very, you know, uncandid or whatever the word is for, uh, you know, details on what exactly it is. Is it a sprain, you know, anything like that? Is it, you know, is it a bone bruise? Whatever it is, um, the Bears are kind of mum on what the actual injury itself was. You know, it just said that he was limited in practice on Wednesday because of the injury. Uh, it happened kind of an accident, um, you know, and and then they're hoping that uh, they're, you know, hopeful that he can play on Sunday is, uh, you know, what they're what they're saying. But um, if he cannot go on Sunday, the good news on the injury front is that it looks like Slauson and Garza are both going to be back, although, quite frankly, and no disrespect to Lawson or Garza, to Slauson or Garza. I think this is more credit to the team itself and being deep uh, on the in, on, at the offensive line. We haven't really missed Slauson and Garza since they've been gone. So, you know, it's, it's a blessing to have them back because now we're stronger at offensive line. And Michael Ola, who's been doing very well at left guard, will be able to now slide over to left tackle in place of Jermon Bushrod if he can't go. Another possibility would also be uh, even Britton uh, who who the Bears like to use at times as that uh, sixth offensive lineman or the you know quote unquote you know third tight end uh, that they like to bring out there when they'd like to do that um, overloaded formation with uh, you know even out there on on the line in in the tight end spot but wearing number sixty two he's not fooling anybody you know what I mean 
So those are your two possibilities if um, Bushrod can't go uh, on Sunday. So and even though that, uh, you know, Jermon made big news and headlines signing with the Bears because that was something that was desperately needed uh, in Chicago was somebody that could protect Jay's blindside because we all know Jamarcus Webb. Oh, what a mistake that was. Good God. And we let that go on for way too long. You And you guys know exactly what I'm talking about. Um, he's been quietly doing a very fantastic. VR training platforms like the one developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International are helping surgeons train over and over before operating on real patients. As you practice each skill, the muscle memory starts to develop. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. As you write your life story, you're far from finished. Are you looking to close the book on your job? Maybe turn a page in your career. Be Continued at the Georgetown University School of Continuing Studies. Our professional master's degrees and certificates are designed to meet you where you are and take you where you want to go. At Georgetown SCS, the learning never stops, and neither do you. Write your next chapter. Be continued at scs.georgetown.edu slash podcast. Good job blocking and protecting Jay's uh, blindside. You could definitely see the comfort that Jay has in the pocket now. His head is always, his eyes, I should say, his eyes are always downfield. He's not always worried about what's coming, who's coming, will he get hit by how many people or anything like that. He's able to keep his eyes downfield, find his receivers, and get rid of the football, or keep his eyes downfield as he moves around in the pocket. And, uh, you know, oftentimes, especially this year, you've seen him take off and get first downs. So, uh, Bushrod uh, was a big, uh, was a marquee signing, has been quietly doing the job that we're paying him a lot of money uh, to do. So he'll definitely be missed on Sunday, although I, th- I hope that uh, Ola can do as well at left tackle as he did uh, at left guard uh, for the Bears uh, so far in, in, uh, in relief. So also uh, on the injury report, Jared Allen returned to practice 15 pounds lighter. I mean, that's one he was suffering from pneumonia is uh, what was ailing uh, Jared last week, kept him from uh, playing in the game. And that, uh, according to Jared, came all the way down to the last minute. Like the the teams have to announce who's active and who isn't 90 minutes before kickoff. It was in doubt right up until the last minute whether or not Jared Allen was going to play uh, on Sunday against the Packers. They erred on the side of caution and being very early in the season. And, uh, you know, he hadn't practiced all week, was 15 pounds light, you know, from the sickness, not being able to eat anything, keep anything down, that kind of thing. So he returned to practice actually on Monday and has been in practice all week. They've got him limited while they're trying to help him get his weight back up. Uh, I mean, he's a small guy as far as pounds are concerned for a defensive end. He only came in to camp at about maybe 255, 260. So that means he's down in the 230s. He's smaller than Martellus Bennett right now. Martellus Bennett weighs 260, 270 pounds. He's, he's you know, Martellus has got 40 pounds on him now. So it's, uh, you know, you need to help him get some carbs in him or something to put some of that weight back on, uh, you know, get him hydrated and get him get his uh, levels right. Uh, Lance uh, Briggs missed practice on Wednesday with, uh, with, a, with uh, maybe his knee was just sore, but uh, he didn't practice Wednesday. Probably one of those veteran days off or something. He was full go uh, today on Thursday. Uh, Jermon Bushrod was limited on Wednesday, did not practice at all today. So 
I'm guessing that had to do with the soreness, maybe the stiffness uh, of that knee. Chris Conti has been full go both days this week uh, with the shoulder injury. Uh, Ahmad Dixon, who suffered a hamstring injury in Sunday's loss to Green Bay, has not practiced yet with a hamstring. Uh, Roberto Garza and Matt Slauson will always lump those two guys together. Both limited, but at least they're practicing. They have not practiced since the Buffalo game. So ever since they left the Buffalo game midway through about the second quarter, they haven't been on the field. And they've practiced both days this week you know, in limited fashion, but practicing nonetheless. Uh, Brandon Marshall and Alshon Jeffrey have both been full participation uh, in practice. As a matter of fact, uh, Alshon Jeffrey's name is not even on the injury list anymore. So he's 100%. Brandon Marshall, who was nursing the injury for the last couple of weeks, has been going at full speed uh, all week this week. So, you know, if you thought he was dangerous when he was hobbled on one leg, let's see how good he can do when he's 100%. Shane McClellan still not practicing with that hand injury. Uh, and Sherrick McManus, our, uh, our special teams guy, had a quad injury. He's been limited so far this week. And finally, DJ Williams, mispractice on Wednesday with a neck ailment, was all was uh, full go today on Thursday. So maybe just another veterans day off type of thing. So on the Carolina side, let's see. Thomas Davis, one of their starting linebackers, has a hip injury, but he's been full go all week this week. Uh, Ed Dixon, one of their backup tight ends, was full participation. Didn't practice on Wednesday, was full go today. Charles Johnson, their defensive end, uh, has got a hip injury as well. Has not practiced yet that week. That, that bodes well uh, for us. He's a very dangerous pass rusher. Jonathan Stewart's got a knee injury that's been bugging him. He was limited on Wednesday, did not practice today, which, I mean, they're hurting big time at the running back position, which is – Good for the Bears, obviously, but, um, you know, it's making things very difficult uh, in Carolina. Their fourth-string running back is actually the guy that's going to start for them on Sunday, and they just signed a guy off the street to be his backup. So it's uh, it's not the deep and dangerous running back core uh, that, uh, you know, Carolina fans have been come accustomed to. Jonathan Stewart hasn't practiced this week because of that knee injury, and D'Angelo Williams has already been ruled out with an ankle injury of his own. So it's uh, it's ugly as far as the injury uh, injury bug. Like where the Panthers are hurt is um, is what's really uh, bothering them. And then you know they're 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 a run first kind of offense, and their top two running backs are not going to play this week uh, against the Bears. Or uh, you know we definitely know D'Angelo Williams won't. I would have to say that uh, you know if they were putting the probable questionable doubtful grades, that uh, Jonathan Stewart would probably be doubtful. Uh, at this point so I'd be surprised if he played uh, right now their uh, their starting running back is um, I want to say is Whitaker is his name I think Fozzie Whitaker I think is going to be the starter on Sunday so um, he's uh, I think he's like an undrafted free agent too uh, but uh, so it just sounds nicer and nicer for us doesn't it so he's uh he's going to be the starter at least that's who the Bears are going to be playing uh, on Sunday let's hope he doesn't uh make a name for himself as uh the bears have been accustomed to do uh from time uh to time so that's the injury report the the it's more positive than negative but the bushrod injury will hurt uh hopefully it's like like the bears be optimistic that it's not a long-term thing and that uh you know either a he'll be able to play sunday or we'll get him right back next week uh against atlanta so that is going to do it for the injury report um, other news we have uh, we have an award uh, 
we have an award for Kyle Fuller. Our first-round draft choice, uh, the cornerback out of Virginia Tech, was named the NFL. And, and, and it took me all day to find this out because I heard that he got the award. But in one place I was seeing it was NFL. The other place I was seeing it was NFC. Finally, here it was. I saw it was announced the NFL Defensive Rookie of the Month for September. Uh, Cal Fuller um, now starting in place of the injured uh, Charles Tillman. We lost him for the year against San Francisco. Two interceptions in that game in relief of Charles Tillman that really turned the tide in that game. Also had a huge pick against the Jets on Monday night. Killed a red zone drive that uh, they were moving the ball pretty well on along with the other, uh, you know, the peanut punch, the the fist of Fuller, I guess, if that's what we're going to call it. Uh, you know, the peanut punch, his version of it uh, anyway. Uh, knocking the ball loose a few times against the Jets, uh, you know, and just – generally just playing very well didn't have the best game against green bay although no one did on the defensive side of the ball so <laughs> he wasn't alone uh on that one so but uh, congratulations kyle fuller our first round pick the nfl rookie of the month uh for the month of september so uh, a fantastic uh job there uh the bears have had a few roster moves this week and as a matter of fact i saw that there were a few more since i wrote this down um, kick returner Richard Ross, Ross, excuse me, and linebacker Terrell Manning, who are mainly both special teamers. Ross was a kick returner who did not do very well on Sunday against Green Bay. Terrell Manning um, was a linebacker playing on special teams this past Sunday. Both were let go by the Bears. Uh, they they signed wide receiver slash kick returner Teddy Williams, who is known for his speed. Okay, I can deal with that. And for the third or fourth time, Chris Williams has been promoted to the full for the 53-man roster after he was he was cut from he he missed the final cuts, signed to the practice squad, promoted to the 53-man roster for the San Francisco game, cut after the San Francisco game, then signed to the practice squad. He's now been promoted to the roster once again uh, to. It's either going to be him or this Teddy Williams guy that is going to be our uh, kick returner uh, on Sunday against the Carolina Panthers, but that's what we got the guys here for. I heard that we also cut one of uh, one of the other practice squad guys and signed an offensive guard uh, to the practice squad uh, as well. So I didn't get their get their names. I kind of uh, scanned over it, but um, then uh, so that's all we have for the roster moves. I mean it's becoming an annual thing the bears didn't used to do that much with the uh with the roster moves like that but uh you know with the the injury bug kind of biting us uh, pretty early on uh this season they do a lot of shuffling of that roster to uh to make sure that we can feel the team uh on sunday so uh, they've been doing a lot of that uh only it's i mean but it's but it's funny to me because it always seems to include the same people like chris williams has had has been in, in the, the the transaction wire for the bears at least half a dozen times, and it's only week five, you know. And actually, that might be a that might be a generous uh, <laughs> a generous number that I'm giving the Bears. It's probably even been more than that. Uh, quite frankly, he's been cut, he's been let go, he's signed to the team, he's on the practice squad. They cut him again. They sign him to the practice squad. He's on the roster, and so on. So it's up and down, up and down, and up and down. I mean, you know, who's going to be going crazy is uh, Chris Williams' accountant, because uh, I'm sure there's pretty big pay differential from being on the practice squad to being on the main roster. So even the veteran minimum, uh, you know, is significantly higher than what they pay those practice squad guys. Although, 
if I could be a practice squad player for life, those guys make like at at the least, at the very least, they make like five grand a week. So that's peanuts in the NFL. I mean, that's nothing. I mean, you know, guys like Jake Cutler and, you know, uh, Jared Allen with their big money contracts would spend five thousand dollars on dinner. And here's this is what this guy's making a week. But you make five grand a week. You're doing all right. You're doing just fine. And some of them make as much as nine grand. There's no limit to what you can pay these guys. Some of them make as much as nine thousand dollars a week, if not more. But, you know, that jumps up quite a bit because I think the league minimum is like three hundred thousand dollars a year. And that might actually be on the lighter side of things uh, as well. So it's uh, it's a good gig if you can get it. And being a practice squad guy, you know. You don't get to play on Sundays, but you get to say you're on the team, and I don't know. It doesn't seem like too bad a job. You get paid five grand a week to play football for a living. That's, you know, that's that's not a bad job. So, anyway, one thing before I wanted to, and this is not so much a news note, this is kind of a, a commentary, if you will. Um, been having a lot of discussions lately with uh, friends and, uh, and so on. I, I've talked about it off the air with uh, – Doug Wagner a few times about Mel Tucker and you know how much longer are we going to put up with this um it's it's still very early in the season and we've seen flashes uh in the San Francisco in the New York Jet game of of a tenacity of a different attitude almost a swagger with this team getting after the quarterback forcing you know, getting pressure on him, forcing uh, mistakes and turnovers and, you know, very much like the lovey Rod Marinelli defenses that we even that we enjoyed for almost a decade uh, while he was at the helm. We never really sucked on defense while Lovey was the coach. And the one year that we did was the year that we did get murdered with injuries in 2009. We lost Erlacher week one and the chips kind of fell uh, after that. So, you know, it's uh, there's only been like that one year where we had to suffer on defense or watch the Bears be crappy on both sides of the ball uh, kind of thing. But, um, you know, we've we've seen flashes. We've we've seen it, it kind of come and go. And, you know, against Buffalo, it was disappointing, but they were correctable mistakes. They were mental errors that we saw get corrected against San Francisco. We saw the consistency as they went from game to game. San Francisco and New York, and then we laid a big turd and the the biggest game that we could have done that in. I mean, honestly, that was the absolute worst time that Mel Tucker could have fallen flat on his face or have his unit look the way it did in in a in a game. This we can break Green Bay's back. We can stick them to one and three. We can sit on top of the NFC North at three and one. We've got an edge over them with a with a head-to-head victory and a two-game uh, edge over them just in the win-loss category. Even early on in the season, those kinds of victories can propel you to bigger and better things. I mean, just the the mental spike for the team would have been monumental. To be able to go in there and shut down an Aaron Rodgers, to beat Green Bay in Chicago, to knock the taste out of their mouths of, you know, that tragic loss that we had last year, uh, week 17, but when we had a playoff berth on the line, it would have been fantastic. It would have been huge for the team to be able to do that. But instead, <laughs> ah, man, we just decided to sit back and we, we challenged 
Aaron Rodgers, and we didn't put any pressure on him, and therefore he had all day, and all he had to do was sit back and wait for us to make a mistake, and that happened pretty often, judging by the way, you know, how easy things were for Green Bay uh, on Sunday. So it was uh, the wrong strategy, and what made it worse, what made it worse was that we didn't appear to make any adjustments going into the second half. You know, we, we didn't go in at halftime and be like, well, you know what, we're not getting any pressure on the quarterback. Rather than sitting there and say, you know, telling these guys, okay, you guys need to do better up front. How about we just make some changes? How about we send some linebackers, maybe a corner blitz, safety blitz, anything to shake things up, to get after Rodgers, rattle him a little bit. He's one of the most un you know, you unrattleable quarterbacks in the league. You know, he doesn't get shaken up too much. The guy's as cool as a cucumber back there, but you got to do something to get after him. You got to do something. And we did nothing. We just sat back and let him dissect us. Um, it just, uh, I mean, I knew that he went into the game not thinking that we would lay as big a turd in the pass rush uh, that we did uh, on Sunday, especially with the way that people have been getting to Rodgers. But in those games, like against the Jets, very similarly, the, the, like against the Bears, they was putting a lot of pressure, doing so with the Blitz. Also, they have some horses in their defensive line as far as being able to create pressure just from bull rushes, you know, uh, with um, you know Wilkerson and, and you know Muhammad out there. Those guys are bulls and pushing their way and creating pressure up the guts and everything. The Jets were able to do that. The Bears were not, but they also, with Rex Ryan, were mixing it up and sending people and getting after uh, Aaron Rodgers. So it was uh, they tried to be a bit more imaginative. Mel Tucker went very vanilla, and we paid huge and in, in embarrassing fashion. Uh, you know, they scored every time they touched the ball, except for the final drive where Lamar Houston blocked the field goal. Otherwise, it would have been a 41 to 17 loss instead of 38 uh, to 17. But how long? Because I know that as a Bear fan, I'm already sick of this. Uh, I know it's early in the season uh, to be making these kinds of determinations. But when you know when our offense can play as well as it it does and has uh, this year, and you know we know how much better of a team we would have, how much more success we could have, how how great a team it could be if the defense could hold up its its end of the bargain even just a little bit you know to be the mediocre 16th ranked defense in the nfl we could win championships with a team like that uh you know we don't need the top five defense that we had in 2012 before lovey left we need the 15th ranked defense uh you know that 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 can you know put a hold on on the on the opposition couple of times a game to to give our offense a break so they don't have to be perfect every week the only way we beat green bay this past sunday was if we were as perfect on offense as green bay was no turnovers and we score on every possession that was the only way we were going to beat green bay on sunday with the kind of defensive game plan that we had going into that thing it was brutal brutal to watch uh you know and just so frustrating from the very beginning to the end you know basically the way that we were playing defense was all right, we're just basically out here to give the offense a break, and then you know they'll score. We'll give the ball back to the offense, and they can get us even again. Or maybe 
maybe we can hold them to a field goal so when the offense scores another touchdown, then we'll have more points uh, and things like that. So it just it, it doesn't really think looks like it's it's working. And, you know, we've you've heard me talk about it. I'm a broken record. Uh, middle of the field, behind the linebackers, in front of the safeties, wide open every single time. That's the zone where you saw Aaron Rodgers killing us on Sunday. You know, a five-yard slant route, boom. They're in that particular zone. They catch the ball. There's nobody around from miles, so he's going to run for the 10, 15, 20 yards before somebody finally brings him down. So, I mean, I think the Bears are are worst in the league as far as 20-yard plays uh, on the defensive side of the ball. I think they've given up the most uh, in the league. You know, they gave up a handful against Buffalo. They gave up a few against San Francisco, a few here and there to the Jets, and they gave up a plethora against Green Bay on Sunday, just over and over and over again. And it's like, you know, it's the what the, it's what they say, you know, the, the definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over and expecting different results. That's basically the way Mel Tucker called that game on Sunday. He figured that we're going to rush four, drop seven, and we're going to put pressure on him with four. And even if we don't put the pressure on him, we got all the zones bottled up. We'll be able to cover him, and we're good. Hasn't worked yet, really, against anybody. Not against, you know, E.J. Manuel, who's been benched, by the way. E.J. Manuel got benched in Buffalo. Hasn't worked. Didn't work against Kaepernick or uh, even really against Geno Smith. And it sure as hell didn't work against Aaron Rodgers uh, last Sunday. So how much longer are we going to wait for the Bears to do something? I mean, maybe we don't have to fire him, but maybe take the play calling away from him. We got a few guys on the defensive um, staff. Paul Pasqualini, who was a head coach in college, made his, you know, he's our defensive line coach now. Maybe he should be the guy to take it out there and, you know, help us kind of get after it or, you know, maybe be more aggressive or whatever. But uh, something needs to be done uh, about Mel Tucker, and it needs to be done now. So, I mean, it's uh, it's a young season. There's still a lot of football left to be played. But at this rate, I mean, you know, it's it's not going to be a successful campaign uh, if we keep going at it like this. So, all right, let me step down off my soapbox. And um, what do you say we go ahead and preview this game? Talking about the keys to the game and how the Bears are going to win it on Sunday when they take on the Carolina Panthers. All right, so that uh, little tirade of mine ran a little long, so I'll try to be a bit more abbreviated uh, with the uh, preview segment here. It's, uh, you know, both teams 2-2, two and two. both teams coming off of losses, Carolina coming off two of them. They started out 2-0, and oh, lost the last two games against uh, uh, Baltimore and Pittsburgh uh, in rather large margins, too, on both of them, 38 points apiece that they gave up to both of those teams. Um, the, the you know the Sunday night game against Pittsburgh, uh, you know the, then this past Sunday Steve Smith uh, in Baltimore getting his revenge against his old team that kind of cast him aside uh, coming into this year. Um, like us, the Carolina Panthers a bit banged up uh, with some of their uh, more important players. Uh, for them, it's their running backs uh, that are suffering from injury. They're also missing Greg Hardy, who's been suspended indefinitely uh, by the team because of the uh, – actually, uh, was it uh, – no, he, he took a leave of absence because of the whole uh, 
domestic abuse thing. He was actually found uh, guilty of uh, of uh, like aggravated assault against his uh, girlfriend. But it's like the like I think it was a pre-trial thing because the the trial starts in November, and I guess they're uh, kind of putting him on the shelf until that kind of all uh, resolves it resolves itself. Greg Hardy, you know, one of the better pass rushers in the league, let alone. Uh, on the team but he's greatly missed they're kind of banged up with their other pass rushers as well and on the offensive side of the ball like we said they're running back tandem uh probably neither one of those guys is definitely d'angelo williams definitely out jonathan stewart not looking good their third fourth string guys plus a guy they signed off the street on monday will be who the bears uh are facing um statistically it's not very impressive uh now, granted, they didn't get off to a great start last year. They started one and four before they went on an eleven to one run. They won the NFC South. They got a bye in in the playoffs and everything uh, last year. So their start didn't necessarily dictate how they finished, but it wasn't pretty. So far, Carolina on the offensive side, where running has usually been their strength, is 29th running the football. They only have about 78 yards a game uh, where they're running it. Uh, 13th against the pass. Um, which which is which is decent, you know, not bad. But uh, on the defensive side of the ball, and this plays to the Bears who are trying to help improve their running game, Carolina's 27th on the ground uh, in the league. 141 yards a game they're giving up. They're 12th against the pass, over 233 yards. But that could get worse, you know, because they got Brandon Marshall. And probably for the first time since week one, a healthy Brandon Marshall, a healthy Alshon Jeffrey, and a very, very hot Martellus Bennett uh, coming to town uh, on Sunday. So, I mean, they've got big trouble. And Matt Forte, who just ran for a season high, 122 yards. They also have the confidence of an offensive line that finally got over the hump as far as running the football uh, is concerned against a weak and wounded opponent. Or maybe not so weak, but definitely wounded up front. Uh, they've got some st- some pretty good guys still on the defensive side of the ball. Thomas Davis, who I talked about. Luke Keekley, who's the defending uh, NFL Defensive Player of the Year. Uh, Star Lutele. Oh, God, it's one of those Samoan names. Lutele Tele or something like that, I believe, is how it's from. Uh, I just heard it on SportsCenter, too, so I'm actually like i'm upset that i that i forgot how to pronounce it but it's it's lutele telly i think is what it is star his name is star, his first name is star that's the first thing and second thing lutele telly i think is how you pronounce uh his last name uh defensive tackle so right there uh, in the middle uh, and i said charles johnson um then kind of hampered with a hip injury but you know maybe he'll play on sunday uh against the bears so this is a banged up team they're reeling from back-to-back losses but they're at home uh, they're at home. They were on the road for Baltimore and Pittsburgh. They're at home now uh, against the uh, against the Bears, where they uh, you know they beat uh, Detroit uh, earlier in the season in a quite dominating fashion too, twenty four to seven, the final score uh, for that game. So, you know what we want to do with uh, with uh, you know the keys uh, to the game, if you will. Obviously, we want to get the running game going. We want to exploit. Uh, that weakness, which, you know, it serves two purposes. Not only are we attacking a weakness of theirs, but we're also strengthening a weakness of ours because the first three weeks of the season, um, you know, Forte ran for 87 yards against the Bills, but he did it in the third and fourth quarter when the defense is wearing down. 
Uh, you know, it's kind of one of those things like we're fortunate that we stuck with it uh, because otherwise it wouldn't have been a good idea to keep running the football with the the, the level of success that we were having, uh, you know, going into things. But, um, you know, get it going. Help with the, you know, the confidence also, uh, especially if Jermon Bushrod doesn't play. You're giving the defense fewer opportunities to get after uh, Jay Cutler with his, you know, backside protector not being in the game. You know, so, uh, I, you know, I have confidence in Michael Ola with the way that he's played at guard that he would be able to, uh, that he'd be up to the challenge at tackle. But guard and tackle, those are those are two different planets as far as I'm concerned, and you're talking to a former offensive lineman here. So, uh, you know, there's totally different responsibilities, total different, you know, different footwork that's involved, different hand techniques with your blocking and things like that. Just overall, it's a totally different position, especially with, you know, what your keys are, especially when it comes to pass blocking uh, and things like that. So it's uh, it's definitely a challenge, but... I think we brought in Ola to be a tackle anyway, and we just needed him to play guard. So, um, you know, there he was uh, filling in. So, you know, it, it does give the Panthers fewer cracks, you know, at Jake Cutler in the passing game. And then it, we get the we get the play action uh, going and exploit our size difference between our wide receivers and their cornerbacks. Uh, their one quarterback in in uh, Kaysen uh, is his name, is, uh, is yielding 74% completions. Uh, you know, whenever he's being targeted, 74%. So let's just say, just round it up. 75% of the time, three times out of every pass, every four passes thrown his way is completed to whoever he's he's guarding. That bodes very, very well uh, for us if the Bears can manage to stick to it. On the defensive side of the football, you know, the strategy is going to be a little bit different uh, as far as the running game is concerned. Obviously, we still want to be disciplined in what we do uh, with Cam Newton. It's it's not as big a part of the offense as it was when he first started, but with his size, his speed, uh, you know, his agility and things like that, the um, zone read still a, a a factor. Now we faced that three weeks in a row with Buffalo, San Francisco, and the Jets, and we seem to get progressively better at it as it went along. Aaron Rodgers, a pocket passer not running the zone read if they are it's not fooling anybody because Rodgers is not going to carry the ball it's now a factor once again with um with cam newton so we we definitely want number one to be disciplined stay in our gaps stick with your assignments be disciplined in what you're supposed to do number two when it comes to cam newton whether it be in a pass rushing situation or just being able to tackle him period wrap him up he is an he's a very very big guy. 6 foot 5, 235, 240 pounds for a quarterback that's enormous. Okay? He actually weighs more than Greg Olson his tight end. You know, Greg Olson about 235, 240 pounds himself. I think Cam Newton is actually bigger than him. Uh he's definitely a thicker kind of guy. But when he when you get his, when you get your hands on him, wrap him up. If anything, you know, wrap him up and then wait for help to arrive because help will be there shortly kind of thing. Don't do any of this, uh, you know, highlight. I'm going to lay a shoulder into him and knock him down. Crap. He's way too big for that. He's way too strong for that. Get your arms around him. Slow him down. Help will be there shortly if you can't do the job yourself. You know, that's important. 
you know, in the zone read, stick to your assignments, be disciplined when it when it comes to getting your hands on on um, on Cam Newton. Whether, like I said, whether it be in the pass rush or just overall, we try to stop him downfield, wrap him up. Tackles, you know, wrap him up, slow him down, wait for help to arrive. Uh, on the offensive side of the ball, actually, we covered that already. That's the defensive side. Uh, oh, there it is. I'm sorry. The, the passing game for the, um, the Panthers, they still have weapons. They have Greg Olson, who statistically has performed better in Carolina than he did when he was in Chicago. That's, you know, they, he had an offensive coordinator who didn't really believe he fit the system, so th- it was kind of going against him as it was uh, in the first place. But he was still, he was Jay's favorite receiver when we traded him, and just earlier this week, Jerry Angelo went on record saying he made a mistake when he traded Greg Olson. Now, granted, the pick that we got Greg Olson landed us Brandon Marshall because we used that with another third-round pick to get Brandon Marshall in 2012, but... Still, if we could have Greg Olson, you know, it's tough. If you could have Greg Olson or Martellus Bennett, who would you rather have? At this point, six or, you know, what would this be, year number five? Five or six that Greg Olson and Jay Cutler would be together? Who knows what that chemistry would be like today? Who knows? Uh, I'd be interested to uh, be interesting to, to see, uh, you know, if we could run a simulator to see what that would be like, those guys together for three more years than they got. They were together 2000. Was it 2000? Just 2000? I think they only got two years, actually. 2009, 2010. Then we traded them before the 2011 season. You know, if four more years, you know, here they are, 2011, 2012, 2013, and into 2014, what the chemistry might look like between those guys uh, now would be interesting. Um, but you got to f- make sure that, uh, I mean, in middle of the field, in front of the line, behind the linebackers, in front of the safeties, that's going to be Greg Olson's wheelhouse. Those seam routes, those drag routes across the middle of the field, that's where, we can, uh, that's where he can hurt us. Uh, so we gotta, we got to get out there and uh, make sure that those zones are covered up. You know, play a little man defense every once in a while. we got the speed to, to hang with these guys. And uh, the other one is, uh, you know, probably want to get, uh, you know, at least uh, lean the coverage towards Kelvin Benjamin, their number one draft choice wide receiver out of uh, – Florida State he's in that Brandon Marshall Alshon Jeffrey mode he's 6'5 240 pounds himself he's a big big receiver uh, definitely one of those guys where you're going to throw it up there and let him go up there and get it let him fight for the ball and we don't have big corners Kyle Fuller's only 5'11 Tim Jennings is 5'9 if he's an inch and uh, so they're not going to be winning any jump balls against this guy that's definitely what Cam Newton's going to be looking to do if he can get Kelvin Benjamin one-on-one uh, down the sideline is to be looking to throw that ball up there and let him win some jump balls and make some plays. So we definitely want to make sure that we've got you know eyes on Kelvin Benjamin. we got eyes on Greg Olson in the passing game. And then, like I said, in the running game, being disciplined, being smart, not being overzealous in our reads uh, and such with the zone, uh, with the zone read. Uh, offense and also when we get our hands on cam newton to wrap him up and bring him down or slow him down and wait for help to arrive so uh, those are the keys to the game i think that this matches up very very well uh for the bears i think we're catching carolina at the right time when when this schedule came out i originally had the bears losing this game um you know but i also had them beating buffalo and the uh packers i think we were supposed to be three and one going into this game not two and two 
but with a banged up roster, uh, and, you know, especially you know taking the heart of their def their offense away with uh, with the running game and D'Angelo Williams and possibly even Jonathan Stewart not playing on Sunday, this bodes very very well for the Bears. They're also their weakness in the running game, something that the Bears will be looking to exploit. Getting Matt Forte going all early and often, and uh, you know, and one last statistic that I saw: the Bears number two in the in the league on the offensive side of the ball in reds, red zone efficiency number two in the league as far as like when they're in the in the red zone they make t they score touchdowns number six on the defensive side of the ball carolina 32nd in the league on both sides of the ball so chances are if uh even if we let carolina into the red zone we're going to be forcing a field goal and uh, if we get into the red zone against Carolina, our number two conversion will definitely overrule their 32nd in the league as far as allowing red zone touchdowns. So that looks good for us as well. We can get into the red zone. It's uh, you know fairly uh, looking fairly good that we're going to put six on the board instead of three. So I definitely think we got a victory coming our way uh, on Sunday. So we should have some happy uh, knee jerk reactions, some uh, a victory episode uh, on uh, on on Monday, and uh, also a very happy uh, WMT uh, appearance in Cedar Rapids on Monday morning. So uh, you know, be sure and listen up for those um, on the uh, WMT morning show on uh, Friday morning, which will be tomorrow. So I'll be on with Doug uh, in the morning, 8.38 a.m. Central Time. I'll be on the show with Doug Wagner and also back again on Monday morning to review the Bears. It's only about a four or five-minute segment, but we pack a lot into it, so it's kind of a quick-hitting thing. I get out there and make a few points uh, and so on. So it's WMT AM 600 in Cedar Rapids. You can uh, hear it live, uh, streaming it through their website, 600.wmtradio.com, or you can listen to it on your smartphones with the iHeartRadio app. So uh, if you want to go ahead and listen, and Doug always sends me the segments so I get them posted uh, on the uh, on the feed anyway. So one way or another, you guys can hear those things. But if you'd like to hear them live, there's your big chance. So that's going to do it for the Week 5 preview episode of the Chicago Bears Review. Uh, we'll be back on Monday to talk about this game with the Panthers, and I believe wholeheartedly that it will be a positive experience. We'll be 3-2 and two, heading to Atlanta the following Sunday. So until then, my name is Larry D., and this has been the Chicago Bears Review. <laughs>